Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. I've been blessed with the service so far, Sunday school, time of sharing. And just the, um, the time when people just said what was on their mind, what they thought of God, was just a blessing to me because I think it really goes well with what I have to share this morning. Um, I don't know how many of you remembered what I shared the last time, but I started on the, the life of Joseph, and I'm planning on continuing. And uh, I just, I'm going to call it Joseph Part 2. I don't know how many parts we're going to get to, but this morning, if you want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. So where we left off a little bit last time, Joseph was sold to a group of Ishmaelites. And uh, in Genesis chapter 39, I'd like to read the first six verses here. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And that was just an added part to those verses. So Joseph is now a slave, what we called. He was sold to Potiphar. He is in possession of Potiphar. He's a slave. And it says that the Lord was with him and that the Lord blessed everything that he did. And and Potiphar left everything he had into his hands. And as I look in the life of Joseph, and, I, and here he is in, in Egypt, he may be the only righteous person in the whole land. There's a very possibility that he's the only one that actually served God. And yet Potiphar saw that everything that he did, that God blessed. And he prospered. He, he blessed Potiphar with everything that he left. And, and Potiphar... Basically, Joseph was a slave, but he wasn't. I mean, he had control over everything that was in his house, and, and Potiphar saw that. This morning, as we, as people said different things they thought of God, I was thinking, I think Joseph probably thought of all those. Maybe a few of them were. Um, but, but God was with him, and I think Joseph felt the presence of God in his life. And... That's why he was successful. It wasn't the things that Joseph did. It was what God did in his life. I'm going to read on. I'm going to read from verse 7 and through the end of the chapter, and then we'll go back and, and uh, split this up in different parts. It says, Now it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. 
There is no greater in this, there is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. Now then, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were in, was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard, and I lifted up my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until her, his master came home. Then she spoke to him with the words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant, servant whom you brought to me, whom you brought to us, came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison, but the Lord was with him. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I look back, I wouldn't want to be in any situation that Joseph was, but yet it's amazing what God's presence in his life did for him. Verses 7 through 12 is the account where Potiphar's wife continually, I would say day after day, tempted him to, to lie with her, but yet Joseph refused. And one day it so happened that she grabbed him, but yet in that moment, he fled and ran outside. And that's found in verse 12. I think we have a good lesson from the life of Joseph that we can use today. There are four times in the Bible that we are told to flee. Now, I'm not going to confine it to four. I know there's four. I, there could be more. I'm just going to read the reference of the verse. I'm not going to, you don't have to turn to it. You can write it down. First um, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14 it says we are to flee from idolatry this morning we talked about idols how do we do it when we have idols in us we are to flee get out that's what Joseph did he left his coat he fled he got out he ran outside first Corinthians 6 verses 18 through 20 it says flee sexual immorality same thing that Joseph did here 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, it says, Flee youthful lusts. And 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 11, we are to flee materialism, riches. All those things we discussed in our Sunday school class this morning. But it doesn't say that we're supposed to entertain them. We're not supposed to look at them. It says we are to flee 
We are to get out. We are to run outside. And Joseph was human just like we are today. But yet, it was the presence of God in his life that he was able to flee. I have a saying here. It says, two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul. The one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. We know which one Joseph was feeding. There's also a story of a man that, um, he loved donuts. And uh, on his way to work, he went by this pretty famous donut shop, and he'd always stop in and got donut, or two, or three, I don't know how many, but he loved donuts. And at some point in his life, the donuts were becoming a problem to him, so he decided that he is going to go on a diet, and he's going to quit eating donuts. So in order for him to be successful in his diet, he had to change his route on his way to work, so he wouldn't drive by this donut shop anymore. And so he did, and, and of course he told people at work, and he was having a very good success. About three weeks later, um, one day at work, one of his fellow workers noticed he was eating a donut. And so he asked about it. He said, well, I made a deal with God that I would drive by the donut shop, and if there was a parking spot right in front of the door, that that was my sign that I should have a donut. And he said, wouldn't you know it, the eighth time around the block, there it was. So, you know, when it becomes time to temptation, we're not to make deals and bargains with God. We are to flee. We are to get out. So, Joseph fled, and Potiphar's wife made a big lie about what happened. Joseph did the right thing, but he landed in prison for doing the right thing. As we look into the last four verses of this chapter. Verse 20, it says, And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were, were confined, and he was there in prison. Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And the same thing happened in prison that happened at Potiphar's, at Potiphar's house. God blessed him. And all of a sudden, he was in charge of everything in prison. Now, can we imagine today a person at Oakdale. I'm just going to take Oakdale. There's a prisoner at Oakdale that he was so, so blessed by God that Oakdale authorities left him in charge of all the prisoners. It'd be unheard of, right? They wouldn't think of doing that. In other words, a prisoner became a warden, almost became the warden of the prison. But yet, it says here that the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. He trusted him. I don't know how long Joseph was in prison. Um, he was 17 when he was sold, and he was 30 when he got out. But we don't know how long he worked in Potiphar's house. But I the feeling he was in prison for quite some time. And now, it said God showed him mercy, but yet, 
I also don't think this prison was near as nice as what Oakdale is. I've been to Oakdale, and I don't want to. I don't want to live there, my life. But for for what I think of a prison, it seems like a pretty modern prison. They have it pretty nice for being behind bars. Um, there is reference when they did take Joseph out of prison. They called it a dungeon, not a prison. Now, when I think of a prison and I think of a dungeon, I think of two different things. I think of a prison, I think of Oakdale. If I think of a dungeon, I think of a dark, cold, damp, dirty, nasty place to live. Maybe it wasn't that bad. We don't know what the conditions were. Um, But we do know that Joseph didn't always have it nice there. Um, There's a little insight that we can find in Psalm. If you want to turn to Psalm 105... I'm going to read verses 16 through 21 in Psalm 105. It says here, Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. The thing here says, they hurt his feet with fetters and he was laid in irons. So even though Joseph was blessed, the Lord showed him mercy. He still had um, hardships. I'm sure, in prison. Proverbs 15, 3 also says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So I believe um, Joseph, even though he faced hardships, God did show him mercy and God was with him. In the same God that was with Joseph is the same God that we have today that's with us if we ask him to be with us. I know last time I read out of Isaiah 43, I'd like to read I'd like to read that again. If you want to turn to Isaiah 43, I'm going to paraphrase here out of the first five verses. Um, I'm not going to read it in its entirety. But I think it's just a, a challenge for us today. The things and the hardships that Joseph faced, we can face the same hardships today. Um, I think God has blessed us that we don't have to face those same hardships that Joseph did, but yet we do face hardships every day. And I think that... Um, we still need to be mindful of the presence of God with us. Here in Isaiah 43, it says, um, But now thus says the Lord who created you, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
Fear not, for I am with you. And when I think of that, Joseph was not with his family. He was all by himself. He could have felt very lonely. He could have felt very afraid. But God says here, fear not, for I am with you. When we're facing hardships, do we fear or do we put our trust in God? Maybe just a prelude of what is to come. Joseph was blessed when he was with Potiphar. He was also blessed when he was in prison. Joseph had two dreams, and he told those two dreams, and um, his brothers hated him for it. When he was in prison, he was also faced with two dreams, one from the butler and one from the baker. And there were two dreams that got him out of prison, the two dreams that Pharaoh had. He interpreted the two dreams, the butler and the baker, he interpreted the two dreams of Pharaoh, but yet, what about the two dreams that he had? Did he have any interpretation of that yet? That hadn't been fulfilled. But it took all the dreams, when it was all said and done, all had a network and worked just as it was told. And I guess that, that part's yet to come. But I'd like to just end today with Romans chapter 11. Verse 33 and 34. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 and 34 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor? We don't understand the mind of God, but yet the same God that we serve today, that we put our trust in today, is the same God that was with Joseph. The same God that Joseph looked up to when he needed someone, when he was alone, when he was fearful. And I guess my challenge is, is that can we, like Joseph, say that God is with me? Can we, like Joseph, when we face temptations, flee, run outside under all circumstances? And uh, I guess I speak that to my life myself, and I'm just amazed at the encouragement I can have by looking at the life of Joseph.